and welcome to another episode of the Fleekazoid Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Today's episode is how to tell if you're in a situationship. You might be in a situationship and you might not even know it. And you know what? Girl, me too. I was in one for months and I didn't want to think it was true. Yeah, the Scorpio. Mm-hmm. If you watched any of the previous episodes, you already know. And if you don't, well, um, if you watched the previous episodes, you will know. Okay, enough intro. Let's get into it. The first thing that I want to say is that a man who actually likes you, a man who genuinely wants to be with you, who values you, cherishes you, is a man who will not put you in a situationship. A man might say that he loves you. He might say that he likes you. He might even tell you how he needs you in his life or you're very important to him. But if he will not commit to you, you're just not that important. Or he's not the commitment type. And if that's the case, then you guys don't have similar values and he's taking you on a ride that could last for years. Literally. I think Natalie Liu has, um, you know, on her podcast, Baggage Reclaim, she has a story about a woman who did this for 50 years. Okay, that could be you. But even one year is one too many years. Okay, so let's not even entertain that possibility because it's not romantic. It's not sweet and it's wasting your time. Now, I want to talk about the psychology of men who do this. To me, you have to be an entitled man to put a woman through the situation. You have to be a level of fucked up to know that there's an emotional disproportional balance between the desire from another person to you that favors you in taking advantage of them emotionally and physically. And hey, guess what? Men who feel entitled to women, men who feel like it's their birthright to have like sex with them, despite what the circumstances are, it's giving coercion, it's giving manipulation, it's actually giving spectrum of abuse. A man who does this to you, especially on and off, is a man who is emotionally abusing you, especially if he knows how you feel about him. And if that feeling is you waiting around for him to see that you're the girlfriend of his dreams or you're the wife of his dreams, or maybe he just needs to have sex with you maybe like mm, another 10, 12, 13, 14 times before he realizes that you are it for him, girl, no. You need to decide that you are girlfriend material and you are worth the relationship. It is not for him to decide. And that is the entire premise of the episode about situationships before this one. But let's move on. I want to talk about how to know that you're actually in one. We can start right there with that point being the jump off. You're waiting for him to see you as a girlfriend. He's making you think that he needs to see something, experience something. He just needs some time to get to that place where he realizes that he's ready for a relationship. Or even worse, he's too busy for a relationship. So you're just biding your time until eventually he decides that he's boyfriend material and he has the time to be a boyfriend. Um, hey, fun fact. I have seen men on the internet talk about how they are going through crazy, stressful, intense times, but because they want a relationship, they would make time for one. They would fit one into their life. 
And it's because they have openly said that they have a left and a right hand and if that they want sex or if they want to be physically satisfied, they can do it themselves. They don't need to get another person involved and they don't need to have a meaningless connection. It's because for them, sex is driven by emotional and mental connections. These are usually guys who are not porn sick who feel this way. Another element is that they're not getting an ego boost out of it. They have a healthy self-esteem. They're self-aware. They're mentally healthy individuals. They're not people who are getting off on exploiting you physically. A lot of the times, we'll make it about ourselves when a guy doesn't want to be in a relationship with us. When really, it's because that guy entered the dating scene because he was bored. He entered the dating scene because he was looking for fun. He was entering the dating scene because he just wanted to see who liked him. He wanted to see if he still got it like that. There's a hundred reasons. A lot of the times, though, it's not about you specifically. I know some of you guys do this awful toxic thing where you follow their lives after the fact and you stalk them on social media and then you see them get into a relationship afterwards and you watch them. How Well, you watch what you think is good treatment being done to the new girl just based off pictures and Snapchats or whatever the hell they're posting online alone. And um, no, first of all, you shouldn't be doing that. But second of all, it's not reflective of you. If he was having a miserable toxic time with his new boo and if he was putting her through the stuff openly that he put you through and he was driving her crazy or insane or making her feel bad or giving her constant anxiety, do you think that he would share that online? Hell no. This guy's trying to look good, okay? He's never going to post something that makes him look bad. I don't know about you guys, but my situationship, ahem, the Scorpio or even some of the ones that came before that, their biggest nightmare was me talking to other people about what we were doing and how I was being treated. And when they didn't want to be with me anymore, it's usually because they found out I was talking. It was usually a long talk followed about how I shouldn't share with people. If I have problems, let's keep it between each other. Or they would straight up say, hey, I don't want to be with somebody who talks bad about me. Well, um, how about you don't give me anything bad to talk about, sir? Yeah, that's because what's happening is emotional abuse. And emotional abuse thrives in silence. If you're in a situationship, the best thing that you can do is tell your support system so that you can get the hell out of there or get rallied around by people who love and care about you to let you know that you don't have to deal with shit like that. So yeah, they don't want you talking because talking leads to you breaking up. Talking leads to you exposing them. Talking leads to you exposing the game, teaching other women what they should avoid or even seeing how it's making you act and making them realize, hey, maybe this isn't something that I want to get involved with. You ruin it for other men when you talk. You ruin it for other women who might believe that maybe a situationship is toxic fun. They need your silence, they need your isolation, and they need you not educating other people about what's going on, and they need to hide in the dark. The worst thing you can do in a situationship is be a talker, or be a sharer, or be somebody who has outside sources involved on what's going on, because if they have somebody else in the situation who's able to see it objectively, they will be exposed. It's a common tactic of abusers. And I know, abusers, what a strong word to use. Yeah, you know, sometimes it's not always somebody who's screaming and fighting and lashing out and hurting someone. Sometimes it's insidious, it's emotional, and it's non-physical, which guess what? Is just as impactful and life-ruining as being physically hit. At this point, you're probably getting triggered, and I'm sorry, I know it was very triggering for me to even think about making this podcast. In fact, I started it, and I stopped it, and I walked away, and I laid down in my bed for an hour because I was like, oh my god, how am I even going to unpack all these thoughts? In good faith, I am trying to make it abundantly clear that situationships and men who want you to stay silent are not normal. The next way to know that you're in a situationship is where have the conversations taken a turn to? 
Of course, normally when you're first getting to know a person, it makes sense that you don't lead into it with sexual conversations. But just because you guys had sex does not mean that all the conversations from then on out over text message or even in person should be exclusively sexual. I've had entire relationships that went on for six years where sex was never brought up in the conversation over text message. Like maybe, hey, I miss you and I want to see you, but we never sexted. And look, that relationship had its own problems. There's a reason I'm not in it today. But I know it is entirely possible to have a relationship where that doesn't occur. These guys who are situationship havers are the types who think that just because they had sex with you, that opens up the floodgates to exclusively talk to you sexually, ask for naked pictures, ask for sexy pictures, or they might even feel entitled to text you sexual stuff in the middle of the night. I know the Scorpio did, to which I said, I know what you're trying to do. I'm not the type of person you can text like this. You are a loser, which made him very, very angry. And guess what? It took me months to get the courage to say that because that's when I realized what he was doing. With him specifically, it was like maybe he would send me a meme, maybe he would send me an article, and that would be enough for me to think like, oh, look, he actually wants to have a conversation, a discussion, or he's like, he, you know, he's doing something that's not sexual, wow. But no, like, this was somebody that when I confronted, hey, like, you cannot do this to me, he said, oh, is that a crime? I'm not allowed to do that? No, the fuck you're not, because I know you're trying to get me to come over to your place at midnight. And look, did you guys have to confront your situationship dude the way that I did? No, actually. Because with my situation, this guy was willing to gaslight me and he was willing to lie to me. If you feel like the guy that you're dealing with is going to do either of the two and make you feel crazy or weird and you're very emotionally involved in this relationship, it might work on you. You might be better off just not responding to this stuff at midnight at all and seeing if this is a guy who still tries to talk to you. Yes, you have to be willing to lose them. And yes, you have to be willing to see if they continue to only talk to you after 9 p.m. or 10 p.m. or 11 p.m. These guys will even try to like justify this behavior by saying that they're so busy at work. They got so much going on. There's no way that they can actually be in a relationship with you. This is the only way that they can exist in your life. Is that how you want someone to exist in your life? Does that fulfill you to only be met up at the dark hours of the night at the expense of your schedule exclusively on their schedule? Which launches me into my next point. You only see them when it's convenient for them. You only see them when they have an urge. In fact, if this is a guy who gets approached by you to have a meetup, he's turned off. He's like, Ugh, no, it can only happen when I want it to happen. And I say that because it's weird for you to not be conquered in his eyes. For him, the joy in having you is in literally conquering you. But maybe you don't know that. All you know is that when you try to initiate it on your own terms, this guy just does not respond to you. He ignores you. He ghosts you. He leaves you on red for hours. And I don't mean three or four. I'm talking 16, maybe even days. He just acts uninterested. Yeah, this is a guy who's not turned on by actually turning you on. It's not even about your sexual needs getting met. So count on it always being at your expense. And also, let's talk about your sexual needs being met. If some of you are actually getting them met, congratulations. I think that's awesome. But for me, I knew my situationship was dead as fuck or was completely at my expense when I would literally be invited over exclusively on the premise that I'm only there to fuck. And it would be what, like five minutes? 
uh, 10, um, lame, not even around two. So they're shitty. They're like not even actually doing the deed. They're literally just pumping and then you're sleeping over. Okay. So what? They're lonely too. Yeah. Their emotional quasi feelings for you are not your problem. And no, you don't need to sleep in your makeup and get acne over it. Also, hey, another fun thing about being in a situationship. Did you ever notice that you guys only meet maybe like twice a month, maybe three times a month? This isn't like something where you meet up three times a week. Nay, nay, because that might actually form a connection. Yeah, these guys don't actually have you on a consistent schedule. If anything, you exist in this frustrating texting universe where you just hope eventually he says, hey, I want to see you, and you feel so scared to ask to see him because he has established this pattern of ghosting you if you ask to see him. So instead, you just live off his little breadcrumbs and you wait for the invite to eventually come your way, which feels like a giant grand prize that it's actually not. Another key trait of your situationship is gonna actually seem like, hey, there's emotional depth here because this is a guy who tells me his problems. This is a guy who shares his work tea with me. He tells me his secrets. Um, no, babe. He thinks that you're a void of a person who's not going to run around and spill his drama or like risk his life because he doesn't actually see you as this person with your own life or your own things going on. Maybe in some regard, he might realize, yeah, there is a little bit of a risk of sharing this information. But for the most part, he's emotionally dumping onto you. He's emotionally modulating himself and all of his little thoughts and secrets that he can't share with anyone else that he's scared is going to run and tell the people who actually know him, IRL, you know, just not at 9 p.m. through 3 a.m. And um, yeah, he's draining you. The Scorpio would tell me these long, crazy work stories that would go on for like an hour. And you know what was wild? If I even dared to tell him about like a small portion of my day, or if I even talked about what was going on with me for five minutes, I could see the light dying behind his eyes. I could see that he was getting uninterested. It felt horrible for me to continue my story. I actually brought this up to him and he said that it felt like I was talking from anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour. And look, I know I brought that time reference up before, but literally he felt that way about it. He said it. And I was like, by the end of it, why can you tell me so much about your day and your life and your problems and I can't tell you about mine? In fact, why do you tell me about so much of your problems and your situations? It's because you are a whole not just a physical one, but also a mental one for them. And have you ever noticed that when you leave your situationship's house, it's not fulfilling. Have you ever noticed that you feel drained? And no, it's not because you slept over and you didn't have any chance to like drink water, or put on chapstick or brush your teeth so you feel crusty and dry. No, you feel energetically empty. You want to listen to a sad song. Normally you start your mornings off by going to the gym, but no, you feel like you just want to lay in bed and scroll all day. You feel like depressed. See, here's the thing about toxic relationships. I know people on TikTok make it seem fun and cute and exciting. Like, oh, ha, we get to be toxic to each other. This is so fun. You know, maybe to a certain degree, there is an element of excitement. Your brain actually does reward the ups and downs that comes with toxicity. And yeah, it's why a relationship that only existed in the bedroom will seem far more exciting and addicting. Something that you actually want to go back to over a stable relationship because your brain learns that that's exciting. That's, that's chemically addicting. And one of the side functions of toxic is not just the addiction that you get to it, but it's also this element of bowel movements like IBS. Yeah, irregular ones. You ever notice how you'll lose your appetite or you might gain one like an excessive amount. You also will overexercise to compensate with the anxiety. You develop things about your body that indicate stress is happening around you. 
There is stress and instability in your world that is causing your stress hormones to change the way that your body functions. They call it toxic because it's poison. And this is talked about in the Unmasking the Abuser podcast by Dina. It's on Spotify. Please go check it out. It's really good. It will actually change your life. It's that good. Unmasking the Abuser. I'm saying it once again. Another point that I kind of glossed over early on, but I'm going to hone in on right now, is them saying that they are too busy for a relationship. They say that they work too much. They will come up with any excuse left and right. Yeah, they will have every reason under the sun for why they're not ready to be in a relationship or why they're not relationship material. Besides the sheer fact that they just don't want a relationship, but especially with you. And besides the fact that they won't admit that they can't meet their urges on their own. This one should be so obvious, but when they say it's because of work or because they're messy, it's like, oh, I can teach you how to be clean. Oh, well, maybe one day your work situation will change. No, they're not changing and you can't teach them shit. They are not there for you to teach them anything. They are not there to be changed. You can only change yourself. The one thing that you can change about yourself is how much toxicity you expose to yourself, which would be this dude. You can change how much toxicity that you will actually endure One thing that this is called is your threshold. You have a very high threshold for men who are willing to ragdoll you around. I don't think that that's a good thing. I think that that's a survival mechanism. You might have told yourself that you need this guy, that you want this guy, that being in fake love is better than being lonely like the Olivia O'Brien song. It's not true. It's toxic positivity. It's hurting you. And you would be so much better off the faster that you begin your healing journey by starting it by ripping off that band-aid by not being in the situationship. But let's move on to the next point. Situationships are usually dudes who can't stay, but they won't go. This guy will never actually let you break up with him. This guy will try to turn it into a joke. He'll try to turn it into a not serious conversation. He'll come back. He'll evade blocks. But when he actually does stay in your life, he won't actually commit to you. He won't actually stay with you. He'll just keep you in the same position forever. This is why it's so important to not tell yourself, oh, they always come back especially as like a comfort thing, because guess what? They're going to come back to do the same shit. And you think, oh, well, maybe, you know, round one, they just needed some time to see. Maybe round two was just because of this. Maybe it was because of me. This is not the time to blame yourself. And this is not the time to blame the circumstances. This is a guy who does not want a relationship. And this can go on for years if you don't admit that you're in a situationship. So moving on from that point, I think the most painful thing about being in a situationship is that you sit there and you tell yourself, but they say they like me, but they keep coming back, but they're telling me their secrets. They're opening up to me. They won't leave my life. You tell yourself all these things that are like, hey, these are things that strengthen the bond in my mind. These are things that reaffirm the fact that I should stay. You are receiving conflicting information, but what you're not getting is a commitment. You're not getting a boyfriend. You're not getting a potential husband. The thing that keeps this relationship alive is the fantasy that it's one day going to turn into something that you want and that you're getting just enough crumbs as it is right now to make you feel like, you know what? This isn't the worst thing to keep in my life. If I just wait it out or if I just bide my time or if I just white knuckle my way through this emotionally, eventually I will get to where I want to be emotionally with this dude. This guy will turn into the dude that I need him to be, or maybe he'll feel bad. Like anything that involves him just not actually getting to that place on his own and you just waiting it out for him to meet you where you are. The thing is you need to meet yourself where you are. You are the only one who needs to decide that you are worth a relationship. 
And I talk about this in the podcast episode, Situationships End When You Stop Asking How They Feel and You Start Asking How You Feel. It's literally like one episode away from this one. Please go check it out if you are struggling with being in a situationship. My point is, is that this situationship that you're in is only surviving off the ashes of fantasy, maybe even a little bit of delusion. And real talk, it might even be surviving because this guy knows how deeply you feel about him. He knows how badly you want him. And his urges in his mind are so intrinsic to his nature of being a predator and being exploitative of women that he does not care what mental torment it is causing you. He might even be telling himself, oh, well, women already win so much in society. This is a person who's making their own decisions. He's justifying within himself why you're experiencing what you're experiencing, and he's not empathizing at all. And if you think, oh, well, I'm going to try to make him feel bad, or I'm going to force him to like me or force him to love me, no, no, and no. One thing that I do want to make clear, though, is that it's not your fault that you are in this situation. It's not your fault that you got chemically addicted to this dude. I know a lot of these guys show up very emotionally strong. They give you just enough crumbs to believe that they are where you want them to be just to keep this going, and they won't let you go. A healthy person would be like, hey, we're not on the same place, and you know what? We probably shouldn't talk at all. They would leave you alone. In fact, the best thing that they could do is block you and let you go 100% but they won't because they have a lot of pleasure and physical satisfaction to gain and they also have an ego boost to gain. However, hating them is like drinking poison and hoping that it poisons them. Hating them's not gonna do much for you. In fact, wanting revenge might even be toxic to yourself as well. The best revenge is letting them be an idiot and letting them ruin their own lives, knowing that you don't have to do anything to contribute to that. The best thing that you can do is cut your losses, don't consider them as a potential option and realize that so much of this is riding on a fantasy. You're never going to be able to change them. And I know there's a euphoria that comes with the moments that, that feels like, oh my God, this is a person who's finally showing me the side I want to see. This is a person who's finally being sweet to me. First of all, if they're coming into your life, giving you grand gestures of highs and showing up super strong on a horse, and then they're devaluing and discarding you, it's a cycle, especially if they've been doing it to you for months or years. You're stuck in a cycle. If they don't want to commit to you and they're keeping you on a string and you're only seeing them late at night and they're only having sexual conversations with you and they're not even interested in your day or your life or they're just being very emotionally ambiguous and you have no answers that are solid and nothing that you can actually rely on or lean on, they are wasting your time, they're causing you emotional torment and you are in a situation that is on the spectrum of abuse. And I know with these situationships, they will say that they love you. They will say that they like you. They will start fights with you. They will make you think that they are exactly where you are, if not stronger at times. But ultimately, they're not. People who love you, people who like you, people who actually want to have something with you, love can't survive tumultuousness. Love can't survive being in and out or toxicity. Like you can only have so much of that before the relationship is decimated. And look, do I think that you can be friends with somebody like this? Honestly, I'm going to go ahead and say no. Usually these people only want you in their life for one particular thing, and it's because they see you as exploitable. They see you as somebody that they feel entitled to have physically, even emotionally when it comes to dumping on you. I don't want to be like the voice of doom and gloom, and I don't want you guys to be mad at me and be like, well, this is really strict, like this is really harsh, but... 
you only need to have one situation like this to realize that most guys who operate within this capacity of being comfortable with situationships, they're all operating on the same plane. And you also only need one guy who genuinely likes you to know what it feels like to be genuinely, authentically pursued by a man who values you and who adores you. The key word with being in a situationship is ambiguous nature. You don't really know. There's no answers. There's no certainty. You're hoping. You're just literally like on needles. You're walking around on glass. Like it doesn't feel safe. It has your body feeling like it's not safe. It has you emotionally feeling like you're not safe. And honestly, it's not worth being in. I don't know how bad being lonely feels to you, but this is not the better alternative. I have a podcast episode called No Man Equals No Value. Please go check that out if you are struggling with that. However, to me, if you're sad without a relationship in your life, you're not going to be happy with one in it. Relationships are not supposed to be the backbone of all the meaning in your life. They just add meaning to it where it already exists. So today's podcast is going to end here. Please go to my official YouTube, Fleekazoid YouTube channel. Uh, Okay, that was wordy. But yeah, you know what I mean. Go there if you want to leave a direct comment on this specific episode. And if you want to support me for $0, you can do so by leaving me five stars and a nice review if you're watching me on Apple Podcasts, which I think would be super cool. Um, And if you want to support me for $2, you can do that on my Patreon where I am Fleeksy, just like I'm Fleeksy on everything else. If everybody that listened to this podcast supported my Patreon with those $2, goil, the level of support would be unreal. But it's okay. You know, support me any way you can. Obviously, I'm going to be grateful no matter what. If you like my content here, go follow me everywhere else where once again, I'm Fleeksy on everything. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Twitch, YouTube, and then I have my little other YouTube channels. They're all linked, babe. They're all linked. Go check it out. And yeah, you guys, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope that you're okay. And um, I hope you get the fuck out that situation ship. Dead ass. Thank you so much once again. Have a great day. Bye.